Alright, folks, this is Rebel Rousing Rich Bergeron. Yeah, the Tornado Tiggy Denica. And Psychic Tom, right by my crystal ball. Yes. Where you uh, can give my predictions. Tom, how come you didn't tell us last week uh, that uh, Dos Anjos was going to get hurt and uh, Nate Diaz was going to step in? Yeah, look at that stuff. Well, I know uh, we didn't have the show last week. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Sorry. How's that for being quick on my feet? Huh? How's that for dodging the question? Awesome. Exactly. That's that's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Of course, you know what the comeback is. We do have emails. <laughs> yes. Um, that was funny. But, um, yeah, Nate Diaz just stepped in on uh, just, what, like a less than a week's notice almost couple weeks notice there basically and uh he's gonna fight uh, conor mcgregor at 170 pounds no belt involved now of course and uh dos Anjos has a broken foot and according to mcgregor he broke his vagina on the same day oh. <laughs> and it's just a bruise so uh, that's just brutal stuff and if you could pick any other person that would butt heads better with Conor McGregor in the UFC, I'd like to meet that guy because, because I don't. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how it's possible to pick two guys with bigger attitudes. Unbelievable. One seventy. One seventy. This is uh, wow. You just don't see a jump up that often. No. And that in and of itself may make this a little more interesting. I mean, um, I don't even know what the odd, what the early odds are. I don't know if you guys have checked on that. I haven't even had time to do it. No. Uh, I'm basically still in shock also over last Friday night's fight that uh, that was legal <laughs> to put on that kind of a performance. Uh, believe it or not, uh, this is going to shock you both maybe, but there was a story over the last week of a 68-year-old woman competing in her first amateur mixed martial arts. Yeah, team. yeah, I, I was able to see that. Uh, it, it, it gives me hope, okay? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's, uh, she's got me by about two years, so uh, it's not too late. It's not, of course, it didn't end too good for her. <laughs> no. It, it did not, yeah, that was not a happy ending. But I bet she looked but, better than Dada 5000. Well... <laughs> You know, who would have thought that that fight would have went more than a few minutes? And I, it was a first in the history of all the, God only knows how many thousands of MMA fights I've seen. I can't recall anyone being stood up from the mount. Right. Never. And if it had happened before in any other situation, there would have been a ton of screaming and, and protest. Uh, people didn't say anything. I just couldn't believe it. He had them out for more than a minute. He did nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I almost can't understand the corner of Dada sending him out for that third round. I mean, he... he had, uh, and, of course, I mean, news I, came out after the fight that he almost died. He, he stopped there right there in the cage or in the hospital at some right, point. He had renal right, failure. Yeah. And uh, they blamed well, uh, too much potassium in his system because he had done a full weight cut just to get to 265. Oh. And right. uh, even Tony can tell you that's fucked up. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, 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 and I, yeah, and I, I think Tony's definitely on the all-star team of doing stuff like that. But, 
you know, the whole thing is, he, he should have known this was coming and just can't understand these guys. I mean, he had to get extra special medical clearance. I don't even know how old he is. And uh, he hasn't um, fought in five years. He, uh, he yeah, just had no concept of wrestling, which is really what won Kimbo the fight, but the, unfortunately it also burned his muscles. So you get Kimbo wrestling a little bit, and he's, his arms are useless. Well, yeah. what, what the sad thing is about this, Kimbo's been training for eight years now. He started off with Boss Rutten. Uh, um, so many uh, fighters would, would give whatever they could to train under Boss Rutten. Then he goes to American Top Team, and is it and another one of, of the top five, in my opinion, of the, of the top five MMA gyms in the country? Right. I don't think you could argue that point. And it's like there's just been no evolution. I mean, he can't seem to throw a kick, doesn't seem to have submissions, he, he, and, and he was reversed. If you remember that, Dada was able to reverse him right. when they were on the ground. So... Uh, it's almost uh, his trainers have to be just scratching their heads, saying, "This is a." I yelled "timber" right wait. before the knockdown. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> yeah, the what? I yelled "timber" really loud before that knockdown. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a slow I mean, tree drop. That was that was something out of the uh, just almost like a slapstick comedy. The way he spun around, even though it's not funny, yeah, I didn't seem to laugh at it, but. You know, and I, I really had no one, I had no particular favorite, but I found myself screaming at the television like a maniac. You know, my poor neighbors, oh, God, that nuts going at it again. Just, hold your hands up! Up! Mm-hmm. <laughs> up! Oh, God. Yeah, they were, oh. they were basically playing patty cake by the third round. Yeah. And uh, Kimbo hit him with, with just <laughs> clubbing, hook. Just cuffed him. Instead of um, yelling at the TV, which I've had a habit of doing at any sporting event I've ever watched, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, um, fighting fights, professional wrestling, um, competitive bull roping, something I can yell at the TV about, I'm yelling. You know, rocking with these guys. Well, one story, it was, and because we weren't on the air last week, I didn't get to tell you this. Um, about two weeks ago, I went on a uh, Facebook page. It's a uh, a Golden Retriever Lovers Facebook page where they post all different photos. And I posted a picture of my dog on there, and, you know, I put, you know, his date of life, and I said, you know, uh, this was my guy, and, you know, rest in peace and all that. So people from the Golden Retriever page started, you know, commenting on it. But then people on Facebook that are friends of mine could also comment on it because they saw me post it. Well, one of the people that posted on it was the very person that I named him after, the Tasmanian devil himself, Vinnie Paz. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool out of him, you know, to, um, you know, send his condolences like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely, because Vinny and I are Facebook friends, and sometimes he comments on some of my stuff. And, um, yeah, and I was telling him, I said, when my dog was, I got him in late 2001. I got him in September 2001, the night Hopkins knocked out Trinidad. And I said, uh, we got him the right before Thanksgiving in a lump. So a few months later, uh, Vinny Paz was going for his last shot at the world title. He was, fight- he was fighting in the guy's hometown. He was fighting a guy named Eric Luca, um, undefeated guy, French-Canadian. They were fighting in um, like Montreal or Quebec or somewhere, uh, French-speaking area in Canada. 
So we knew Vinny was the underdog. He was a guy who was slightly younger. Uh, he was undefeated. He was bigger. Um, and Vinny ended up losing a decision. Well, I think he lost it like eight rounds to four. But as my dad and I are watching the fight, you know, especially as it was still relatively close early, we're cheering and we're yelling, come on, Vinny, come on, come on, Vinny. Well, the dog's getting up and he's running over to us like, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and, and, and then yeah. we're barking at him. I think we're calling him, but we're cheering, we're yelling at the TV at the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told him he has that. And he, he thought that was hilarious. Because we're standing at the TV. Come on, Vinny, keep your hands off. Come on, get him, Vinny. <laughs> what do you have? <laughs> Try yeah, to sit here and I, that's oh, yeah, I, I, I can imagine how the dog was confused. But, hey, you know something? That's the attitude they have about Vinny because we're, we're, we're laughing about it now. You know Yeah. you got to think of the good memories. I mean, I know that, that the ache will be there for a long time, and maybe forever in some ways, but you got to think of the good times like that. And I know that that dog had a lot of them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But, you know, my dad and I are still on medication. Um, this talk, you know, but and right now what we're doing is, um, you know, because since my company moved, um, right the, the week before, you know, the dog passed away, the, the company moved, and I was pissed off about it. So it takes me an hour and a half to get to work now, taking public transportation. Um, but I really don't care right now because it's a good job, and part of the reason that I wanted to work close to home was because of having a 14 year old dog. Well, I don't have that problem anymore. So, you know, I'm working at my job, and what we do a lot now is um, my dad drives me to the train station because a lot of the medicine I'm still taking at night, I'm really not fit to drive in the morning. But also at the same time, it gets him out of the house. It gets him doing things. It gets him, like, in a little bit positive of, um, of a mind frame. And, like, the first few days we did it, I'm like, yo, what are you going to do today? And he goes, just wait to pick you up and I'm like no I mean you got to do something you know so now he's doing stuff like he'll go to the rifle range and you know um you know sight in a new gun or he'll um you know go on the treadmill a little bit like um yesterday he went out to breakfast with some friends so he's getting activity now and then and then on the weekends I get him working out with me either doing the pads or you know something something you know to you know burn up energy and you know not you know let your let yourself get down yeah, because that's, that's the best thing. Keep them active. Keep pressure as good as anything. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, in addition to the Kimbo fight the other night, uh, we also had uh, the other bout, uh, Gracie versus Shamrock. Uh, number three, and it was just as controversial as the first one, except the different guy didn't stop this time. <laughs> After a, you know, uh, crazy moment. This time it was a shot to the nuts. Ken had a very delayed reaction, surprisingly. I mean, I, I've been hitting the nuts before, but I don't think I've ever had that kind of a delayed reaction. Where, uh, you know, it's like 30 seconds later and after the next uh, blow that lands away from your nuts, all of a sudden you're grabbing your nuts. And falling down. Uh, it was almost like it was staged to me. You know, Ken kept yelling, no, he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. It, it was like so close to that first encounter they had. Uh, well, you know, I mean, to me, I just have such a bad taste in my mouth about that whole thing because 
with Shamrock, there's always some kind of controversy. I mean, I'm not saying all, but all too often that comes up. And then with that WWE uh, uh, or F or whatever, uh, with that background, it, it, the net just lit up about, well, you know, you know it was fixed. But then, then who's the game? Because right now, Cobra says there's not going to be a fourth fight. As far as he's concerned, he didn't say anything about it. And it was so just, what? I watched it online, and I figured, well, I didn't find it entertaining at all. No, it was bogus. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, I could say that, that Hoyce's stand-up was a little different. I mean, his snap kick really, um, really wasn't the intent to do a whole lot, but it was a good jab. Using that punch snap kick as a jab. And Jamal couldn't seem to get past it. Um, but it's just, what a way to end what a way to end. And uh, someone brought up uh, a point, because I have a rule about criticizers, uh, you know, when, when they're hit, because I'm not in there feeling it. Right. And I, I try not to go down that road. It's just, it's, it's not a good one to go down. But having said that, someone brought up the point that when Matt Hughes was kneed in the rematch against Frank Trigg, I mean, now that was a solid knee. And Hughes was in a lot of trouble, but somehow he held it together, picked up Trigg, slammed him, and then uh, choked him out about a minute after that. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of questions. Again, I, I, I don't want to go there. I, I wasn't feeling it. But someone did get a little bit of comedy in there. They said, with all the steroid abuse, Ken's uh, nuts have to be the size of a pea. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kimbo was uh, was talking about his nuts too. He was about to whip him out at the press conference. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, you want to talk about how big your nuts are? Let's see how big your nuts are. He starts pulling his own out. I was like, oh man. Well, and and then what was worse? Um, I I caught a quote of his, almost like he was begging Gracie, "Don't let don't let my career end like this." Well, uh, if there is ge- the, the genuine animosity there that supposedly is there. That's the worst thing you could do. Where's your dignity at? You know, beg an opponent, beg a guy you can't stand to to do to fight you again so you could retire in peace. I mean, if that animosity is genuine, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Of course, Gracie might do it if he's in as much tax trouble as that. Um, well, that's the thing that control. makes it shady because you know he needs the money. To do another fight, you know, if there's controversy, they're going to have to do another one. Uh, and, you know, it was low, but you have to wonder, didn't that hit him on the cup area where that's all protected anyway? I mean, it didn't hit him square in the well, nuts, I don't think. Yeah, see, see, see that's that's just it. Um, it. It looked like it did, but I don't know. I mean... Well, you know, the one thing I will say, um, and this is something I used to always hear when I watch... Um, USA's Tuesday Night Fights with uh, Sean O'Grady when he was a color analyst. And the one thing Sean would always say, and this is a guy that was a world champion, he would say when you see fighters get hit with a low blow, the ones that mostly hit you straight on solid are the ones that do less of the damage. And I even learned this from Dr. Cox as well when I was in Lock Haven. The ones that hit you on the side, the more like a, a hooking motion mm-hmm. that push the cup over, those are the ones that hurt because the ones that hit you solid, boom, you're protected. But the ones that catch you on the side, it shifts the um, protector and it kind of traps your sensitive areas. 
And that's what causes the uh, crippling pain. And believe me, I knew from being in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it, 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 I've been punched in the nuts in a wrestling match. So I've been and, then, and then we have to get back to the referee. Now, they had Big John refereeing um, the Kimbo fight. Why didn't they hold him back for the main event? Because Big John was there. For, for the not for the first one, but for the second one, and you know, for the first one, they had uh, a referee that didn't speak English. That was a classic at UFC one. What a joke! But uh, I don't understand why they didn't have McCarthy in the main event, and then they had this guy that I'd never heard of. It. And talk about dropping the ball on the big stage! Oh, so yeah, not good. Uh, anyway, um, you guys know the first rule of Fight Club, right? Yeah, I'm Uh, there was, was a big article this week about an Australian underground fight club. I don't know if any of you guys read anything about this. I didn't. But, uh, it's a pretty crazy story. There was a, a boxer that was connected to it. Jeff Fennick, I, I think it was. Uh, and he's, uh, there's some people that were murdered, and, uh, and this is a serious deal, but, uh, it happened down in Australia, uh, underground fight club, I'm trying to get it to load up, but it's taking forever here. Uh, we also have to, uh, review, uh, UFC Fight Night 83, Donald Cerrone beat, uh, the other cowboy, uh, Oliveira, the other night, uh, pretty nasty, uh, job of fighting there. We also had uh, some boxing. Uh, I don't know how much boxing you've been watching, Tony, but uh, it was a big uh, story uh, and a couple talk about injuries with the UFC. There's been a big injury with uh, premier boxing champions, uh, Keith Thurman. Yeah, out. Keith Thurman. Um, you know, he was in a car accident, not to be able to have a fight next week with uh, or two weeks with Sean Porter, which kind of sucks. That's what I was looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It looked like it was going to be yeah, you know, they're so so fights like that, that that we do look forward to, and that would have been very competitive. you got style versus style. Um, damn, of all times. Yeah, uh, two young fighters that are really trying, I mean, two ch new champions, but it's a chance to, you know, move towards the upper echelon. Yeah, exactly. Um, then, you know, we got the fight this weekend, um, uh, Hank Lundy, Hammer Hank from my area, my old gym, is uh, going for a title shot up at um, Madison Square Garden against um, Terrence Crawford. And I know Hank's a big underdog in that one. They had an open workout the other day down at my old gym, Marion Anderson. Um, obviously, I couldn't go because um, I kind of had to be at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was kind of cool that, you know, you know, my gym, my, my old stomping grounds, now finally getting... Um, you know, some publicity out there. Even the one um, local Philadelphia sports show, Comcast Sports, had a little feature on them the other night. I'll have to send you the clip. Um, <clears throat> we also have, um, as I said, uh, UFC uh, Fight Night 83. Cerrone versus Oliveira just happened the other night. Uh, was a pretty good fight card, pretty decent. Um, 
the main event uh, ended pretty quickly there with uh, Cerrone versus Oliveira. I get the damn thing to load. I can tell you the different the other results. Like I said, uh, Defear Harris fucked my computer all up today. Uh, but yeah. I think I've got the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that on the air yet, actually. But uh, yeah, funny story. Uh, Defear Harris being so slow in the fight the other night, it just happened to uh, be uh, Defear Harris's uh, records page on SureDog that slowed my computer down before the show tonight. Uh, Maybe but, someone from Anonymous was mad and put it on it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, so getting back to the Fight Club story, uh, August, 2000, August 11, 2014, uh, a guy named Bradley Dillon was killed outside a busy shopping mall in uh, Sydney, Australia. 25-year-old father of two was shot in the chest at close range. Witness des witnesses described two men running from the scene. And uh, investigation followed, of course, and um, it uncovered what the, the police down there believed to be a secret organization which is allegedly connected to Dylan's killers, as well as a string of amateur fighters and an Australian boxing icon. And it was known as the St. Michael Christian Brothers Fight Club. Um, which we shouldn't even know, because what's the first rule of Fight Club? So, unnamed sources, of course, close to the organization, say the, the club. <laughs> I think that's just funny, because we just said, don't talk about Fight Club. Unnamed sources close to the organization say the club was born out of a shared interest in both Catholicism and combat sports, especially Muay Thai. Uh, and then uh, they became somewhat of an outlaw motorcycle gang, but uh, as a fight club. And uh, <clears throat> they started uh, having training in Muay Thai and hosting fight nights and selling tickets. Uh, but then, you know, people started getting murdered, I guess. <laughs> uh, just wait to give me some more of the story. Okay, here we are. Give me one second. Okay. So they sold tickets for their fights. Uh, weeks after the murder of the guy who was shot in the chest there, a guy named Diego Carbone was arrested. 23 at the time, and he prepared to flee Australia for Thailand. And uh, they investigated him, and the homicide squad was alerted to this whole organization's existence. Uh, which Diego is a member of. And as they dug into his emotive, uh, which they found out was an unpaid debt, uh, <laughs> they uh, began to unravel all this information about the Fight Club. And then they connected that to another murder and a popular Australian celebrity. Uh, Tony Carbone, a brother to Diego, and Albert Rick Di Floriano were questioned about the club's activities. They were then charged with giving misleading information. And another Fight Club member, uh, Antonio Tony Bang Bagnato, was an, uh, a Muay Thai fighter. So, um, they spoke to Bang, and uh, police alleged he was the second man seen running from the murder scene. And he arrived in Thailand 48 hours after the guy's death. Uh, he was arrested in 2015 by Thai officials for his role in a separate murder. So there's two murders by this Muay Thai guy tied to this group. Um, and Bagnato is going to be tried in a Thai military court. So he could be sentenced to death 
if he is uh, found yeah, guilty. Uh, from what I understand, those places don't don't play around. It's unlikely uh, Thailand will extradite him, it says, even though Australia wants him for their murder. Uh, also, as I said, implicated in the activities of the St. Michael Christian Brothers Fight Club is Jeff Fennick, a former IBF Bantamweight, WBC, Super Bantamweight, and WBC featherweight champion. 51 years old, and he was also a contestant on Australia's version of the Celebrities. Uh, I wonder who their Donald Trump is. <laughs> uh, of course, Fennec denies any knowledge of the Fight Club's activities because he doesn't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> Even though he's been photographed with alleged club members on Facebook and uh, was quoted by the group as supporting their organization. Uh, on Facebook, the club also boasted an association with Australian heavyweight boxer slash MMA fighter Lucas Brown and multiple world championship boxer uh, Sugar Shane Mosley. Sugar Shane's Fight Club. So uh, that wouldn't be good. Uh, but anyway, uh, in January 2016, the uh, Crime Commission questioned Fennec about St. Michael Christian Brothers Fight Club. During the questioning, Fennec allegedly threw documents at officials and according to the SMH, created an atmosphere considered intimidating. Whoa! <laughs> he flipped out, literally, and started throwing shit. Uh, he was allegedly a special guest of the Fight Club during their Muay Thai Unleashed event in 2012, and he was charged with stalking and intimidating a police officer in contempt of a commission. He's due in court this month for that. And uh, Diego Carbone is expected to stand trial for the murder of Bradley Dillon sometime this year. So, uh, the moral of the story is don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> don't murder to attract attention to the Fight Club. Not good. Uh, anyway, uh, it's kind of funny. There was a story put out today by Bellator. Uh, kind of funny in the way the knockdown was kind of funny, but it's not funny. Uh, they're doing some new shit with the weigh-ins now. Um... According to this story, the Kansas Athletic Commission and uh, Bellator 150 competitors uh, will be cooperating for multiple weigh-in options given to the fighters for this card. Um, they got two options of weighing in. So set in motion months ago, believe it or not, uh, and all 26 fighters competing on the card option of weighing in at uh, 5 p.m. Central Time, which is previous was consistent with previous shows, or they can weigh in during the hours of 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central Time at the hotel they're staying at. Um, and they say this is for the health and safety of the fighters, <laughs> which is now, okay, of course, uh, the utmost important. 5 p.m. on the day of the fight or the day before? Uh, it's still the day before, yeah, obviously. Okay, and then, or 10 a.m. the day before? Right. Hmm. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Well, at the hotel. If, uh, okay, so the day before the fight, so that would give them maybe four hours, uh, four to six hours to uh, rehydrate and come in even heavier. That doesn't make sense. Right. It's, it's for safety, right? Yeah, but it's going to cause issues. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just wondering what the reason behind that is. Uh, regardless of whether they tip the scales, all fighters must attend the live weigh-in event. Uh, fighters who completed the weigh-in process earlier will step on the scale and have their previously recorded official weight announced. And uh, the remainder of competitors will weigh in as usual. 
And uh, as explained in detail by an MMAfighting.com article on January 19th, the idea behind the option is to give fighters more time to rehydrate following their weight cut. So in the case of Defeer Harris, you could say, well, he would have had more time to uh, let his body adjust to that weight cut, but it could have been a situation where he was cutting weight up until the 5 o'clock weigh-in. <laughs> That's you know, that doesn't it seem like it would be a better plan not to be 40 pounds over your fucking yeah, plate. Yeah. Of course. You know, I, I mean, I just say it. Why I, don't you I, state the obvious, Tom? <laughs> uh, yes. Very sad news. Uh, Puerto Rican welterweight Pritchard Cologne, still in a coma, uh, had a traumatic brain injury during an October 17th fight, uh, and he's still comatose. He underwent spinal surgery last week, according to his family. And he was moved in mid-November to Shepherd Center, which is an Atlanta hospital specializing in treatment for those with brain and spinal cord injuries. Uh, Pritchard had the surgery in order to place a catheter on his spine, and it's apparently going to administer a drug that will help loosen his muscles. Uh, and this is primarily, I guess, because there's a lot of spasms going on, uh, and it's supposed to relax the muscles and prevent all that twitching and all, everything like that that's probably going on. But uh, <coughs> Richard Cologne, Pritchard's father, said, Thank God everything went well. Now we must wait for the awakening of our champion, Pritchard. This procedure will help so he can be more relaxed. And uh, Cologne was just... Uh, Boy, that, that, sound, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Cologne was uh, 23 years old uh, when this all happened. Suffered the brain injury during a ninth-round disqualification loss to Terrell Williams in an NBC televised Premier Boxing Champions card from Fairfax, Virginia. And uh, Cologne collapsed in the dressing room shortly after the fight. He was taken to the hospital where he underwent emergency surgery to relieve pr pressure inside his skull. And uh, Cologne's father also said, We are grateful to all for such support from day one and the endless prayers. The operation was different to the previous ones, but very necessary in his recovery process. His response has been very positive, and we hope good things in the next few days. So, uh, you know, prayers and support of all of you, that means a lot to the family. Wow. And, of course, there's a lot of controversy God, about it, that. It, it, uh, the way the fight was uh, refereed, there was some punches to the back of the head landed on Cologne, in addition to the legal punches. So, it goes to show you how important it is to have a good ref for a fight. You know, speaking of uh, PBC, have we heard any uh, any other updates on their uh, financial status or anything along those lines? After that LA Times article, you know, it's been pretty quiet. They still keep pumping out events and, you know, having these issues. But, you know, the U.S. sense and when they've had injuries. And so, obviously, this Thurman injury canceled the whole card now, just today. So that cannot be good for the bottom line and for the faith building in the networks so that they'll come back and buy this stuff the next time around. You know what I mean? Because if they're well, going to have to change their scheduling and their programming just because somebody gets injured every time and you can't get the card together, then, I mean, it doesn't look good, which is why you have a guy like Conor McGregor looking good because he's not going to just quit on his fight appearance. He's going to fight whoever comes along at whatever weight. I mean, that's like... That's perfect for yeah. them, but um, and and I noticed with PBC we haven't had anything uh, any any network fights on in a while, unless I've just missed them. Nope, nope. Uh, actually, there's uh, a new upstart with uh, Zab Judah. Uh, 
uh, fight night at the D or something like that out in uh, in um, Las Vegas. That's supposed to be coming on CBS or CBS Sports, maybe it is, but uh, that's there's not really a lot of uh, CBS NBC stuff going on. Yeah. Other than that. And, and, and uh, I, I guess it sounds like ESPN's uh, made a permanent exit from uh, Friday Night Fights. Really? And it, well, I mean, I haven't heard it coming back on again. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm and sure because I, wasn't the deal supposed to be they were uh, ending it uh, to? Uh, well, you know, Teddy Atlas was supposed to be there for uh, PBC, but I think he only called but one fight that I can remember for PBC. Yeah. And if he's going the way uh, that it looks like it may go, just wonder if, if you guys have heard anything about ESPN bringing the Friday Night Fights back. No, I haven't. But um, no, I'm haven't sure they worked. signed a long contract because at the beginning of all this, which makes it so shady, uh, what happened was this uh, Waddell and Reed, they put all this hundreds of millions of dollars into this so that all these stations could be bought into a contract so they're obligated to fill out that contract because it's already paid for <clears throat> so it's not like uh, ESPN can say oh we don't, we don't like this deal no we already paid for it you gotta follow it through <clears throat> as far as I know that's how it's arranged anyway but um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out because if they don't have the interest and the money how can they buy it again you know i think the any the only reason an investment corporation should be involved is if there's a return right or a hope for a return and the only return is like the guy from spike said in the uh la times article is uh you know, you've got to have a chance for the networks to buy it back and they have to be willing to buy it back there has to be something good there. So. I hope they straighten it out. I like what they're doing, but uh, it doesn't seem like they're playing by the rules in a lot of situations here. Yeah, some, something's just my sixth sense. My crystal ball is not giving me a good white light. Something's <laughs> <laughs> right coming out of it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but... Um, you, ha you really have to have the fan interest for the networks to be involved. And they have had some good reports about uh, ratings and stuff like that. But it has to be consistent. And when you have a situation where you have a big event canceled outright, I mean, you can't keep up that consistency. That was supposed to be one of the most anticipated fights of the whole series, too. And then you got to go and fight, cancel the whole card. Every fight on there. So you're going to piss the fighters off, too, and say, Wow, you know, it's, it's not all... <sighs> Rainbows and butterflies working for uh, PBC. You know, and, and you got you guys got you, you have to watch changed in the landscape on that too because it's always been a problem, but it just seems now it's more of a problem, and getting guys on short notice has become just about impossible. It seems in boxing. I mean, I know back in the '90s when I was writing for Pro Boxing Update, a promoter was complaining to me about that, and it just seems like it's worse. Right. Yeah. All right, well, uh, just waiting for these two things to uh, 
load here for the UFC Fight Night 84 coming up this weekend. Silva versus Bisping. I guess we can talk about the main event while we're waiting for all the other card fights to load. Uh, Bisping versus Silva. Obviously, this is in Bisping's hometown or home home uh, country over there, uh, the UK. So it's big stuff. Uh, big fight here for him and Anderson Silva. I saw a headline today. I didn't read the whole article, but it was Anderson Silva continues his long sad goodbye. <laughs> I don't think that's quite the sentiment I'm thinking going into this, but um, it could be if he loses badly. It could be what people start thinking after this fight. That, uh, you know, this is starting to get sad with him. Um, but I don't think you can really say that before we see if he can come back from those uh, tough losses to Weedman. <clears throat> and, of course, the big suspension and those issues. But um, whatever happens, if he pops positive after this fight, I better not hear him blame some kind of Viagra. So <laughs> 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 he tried to do last time. Yeah, I don't think so, buddy. Anyway. So, uh, yep, that's the big event this weekend. Uh, I'm really not going to go over it that much because we can't get it to load. And uh, I'm sure everybody out there, uh, even though we're not live... He's watching the debate right now, so I don't want you guys to miss that either. <laughs> Anybody else got anything to add? Boxing, MMA, anything? No, just wishing good luck to my boy Hammer and Hank this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be a fight to watch. Terrence Crawford versus Hank, of course. Uh, that's a big event. Uh, actually, Tony, uh, about Jimmy Birchfield. Uh, somebody calling him basically a class act for working with Hank and and dealing yeah. with his shit, basically, it said. <laughs> he goes, so I hope Fank doesn't take offense to this, but uh, nobody else could handle this guy. But Jimmy, uh, Uncle Jimmy called him. So I, I've seen Jimmy in person at a couple events in Rhode Island and, uh, and Bo in the Boston area. He's always a class act, and uh, he, he takes uh, takes pride in his fighters, and he treats them right. And... and uh, I don't yeah. think I had a chance to talk to him, but I saw him at the uh, Marciano uh, statue dedication. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's big on all the New England fighters, and uh, he obviously likes Hank and the Philly guys. He tries yeah, to... And, like, and Hank was there for that event, and it was like, you know, like, right, right before, right after I saw you, and he was walking by, I was like, yo, Hank, what's up? He was like, yeah, what are you doing? And uh, we talked for just a second, and one guy was like, Wow, you you really do know about You spotted Hank Wendy like that. I'm like, well, he and I used I used to be out of his gym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've only known him for like a decade. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would pick him up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, it's hard not to hard to miss actually. But uh, yeah, I seen him live in person fighting in Boston too. Uh, the night I met uh, John Ruiz actually got him on our show. But uh, yeah, we're definitely going to wish him luck. I know he's had some ups and downs in his career in recent years, but um, I know he trains like a beast too, and he trains with Sean Porter sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that affects his conditioning and, and see if he uh, um, can go in there and beat this it's, dude. <laughs> it's not determined yet, but I might uh, be going to my alma mater rock Haven this weekend for the annual boxing show. I haven't decided yet. It'll be a last-minute decision. Um, 
I'd like to get my dad to go get him out of the house for a little bit, but he's not sure if he wants to go or not. So, yeah, I'd say that'd be a last minute um, decision on Saturday. All right, well, that's going to be a wrap for us this week. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot more going on next week. We're definitely going to have some kind of a guest working on Boom Boom. Uh, we're trying to get a phone call out to him and see what happens there. But, uh, All right. And, uh, yeah, when I, uh, and, and when I emailed Boom, I told him that uh, his number one fan in Philly is one of the co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> I awesome. took the liberty, but I don't think Tony's upset with me. I hope no. not. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, I remember... Watching his face sit on my dad's lap, and I was really kid. Yeah. As, as long as it's not, as long as he's not the type of uh, number one fan uh, from the, the the misery movie, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I wouldn't need to get. I'm your number <laughs> one fan. <laughs> no. All right. Yeah. So we'll work on that, and uh, we'll definitely have somebody cool on next week. Till then. Uh, uh, have a nice. Uh, all right, nice guys. Week. Sounds like a plan, and no. As always, let's enjoy the fights this weekend. Yes, sir. Over and out. Over and out.